Hi there, and welcome to Putting the Squid to Bed, a podcast about creative people and their craft. My name is Tim Lenko. I'm a writer and performer, and on this podcast, I interview creative people about why they create things and how they go about it. The show is named after an image that I have found so helpful. If you're anything like me, you know those moments when you've nearly finished a project, but then you find another touch you could add, another loose end to tie off, or another rough patch that needs ironing out. It's like trying to tuck a squid into bed. Just when you get two or three arms under the covers, another four or five have popped back out. Projects are rarely finished so much as they are surrendered. And that journey of discovery, creation, and surrender is what I ask my guests about. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Putting the Squid to Bed. In case we haven't met, hi, my name is Tim. And I don't know what week or what your week is looking like, but I am feeling like my week has been an absolute tornado. And it's been interesting to explore what creativity, what my artistic practice looks like when work and other life uh, demands are when they're twirling, when they're swirling in the mix. And, um, so I've got to just confess that I'm coming into this conversation with feeling like I'm riding, riding a shark in a sharknado, uh, which is (laughs) (laughs) a a berserk image, but it matches the berserk week that I've had. Uh, so all that to say, I'm really excited to sit down and spend some devoted time talking to a guy that, um, uh, I, I met, at, uh, in seminary, um, about mm-hmm. a year ago. Um, so by way of introduction, my guest is a worship singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist based in Calgary, Alberta. His first single unexpectedly took off online and then was re-recorded by an artist named Jay Thomas from International House of Prayer, Kansas City. Uh, he collaborates regularly with Tehillah Worship at his church, Tehillah YYC, uh, writing, recording, and playing live for the worship life of the church within and beyond their walls. I'm interested to hear about his life as an artist and how it's both distinct from and massively overlapping with his Christian ministry. Uh, so please, welcome into your ears, Braden David. Woo, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Braden, it feels like a long time coming. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This is great. We've been talking about this for quite a while, and it's finally come together. This is our yeah. moment. And that's sometimes how it goes. You just wait until the, the stars finally align. Yeah, and here we are. We have, yeah. I have my delicious coffee right now. You have your very educated background with... Right. Looks like bird's nests? No, wasp's nests? Got, no, yeah, these are wasp nests that um, uh, my dad picked out of the woods. Um, in the fall, the wasps Whoa. will always vacate their nests and go and find... I think what they do is that they burrow underground, but I don't know that for sure. Wow. But they vacate these nests, and dad finds them, and he loves them, and he shares them. Well, they look <laughs> so, kind of cool. I like it. Yeah, well, thanks. Um, I'm interested. Where are you calling in from? I'm at my house right now. Um, so if you hear like any crunching, I gave my dogs bones before doing this so that they oh, would do their yeah. own thing. So they're just munching away right now in the background, but they should be pretty quiet, I think. So oh, we should that's be good. cool. What kind of dogs yeah, do you have? I have two mini Australian shepherds. Um, one of them I've had for five years. And then he... Um, he had puppies with a friend of mine's dog. Um, it wasn't uh, supposed to happen, but it did. Okay. And uh, so I kept one of the puppies. So now I have a tiny dog family here. <laughs> oh, there you go. A happy accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, so I'm interested um, where you are right now. What kind of a artistic season are you in? At the moment, are you writing mm. or are you resting or are you putting stuff out? What's your artistic life look right now? Yeah. Um, so I guess in the season I'm in right now, I have a lot of different avenues of productivity going on. Mm -hmm. So I'm working full time and I'm also in seminary. Like you said, um, I'm taking my master in counseling. So that takes a lot of my effort and focus. Um, and then I also am very heavily involved in my church, um, both in my Sunday morning expression. And then there's a Monday night young adult expression called Tehillah. So, um, those two things take up a lot of my efforts and energy. And then I also am, um, part of what's called Tehillah worship. 
Mm-hmm. So Dehila Worship is uh, basically like a worship um, collective that mm-hmm. uh, we write songs and perform them and, and record them. Um, and, our, and our heart is to equip um, the Canadian church with our own sounds and our own music and what God is doing here um, in our country and, and in our communities. Because Canada mm-hmm. is so different than America and it's so different from a lot of places. So we, we really value um, kind of creating a distinction in that. Uh, also with partnership. And I mean, God bless everything that's happening in other places for sure. Um, yeah. Still do a lot of those songs. But just um, kind of like really digging in our heels to like see what God could do with something here. So I'm really, really uh, passionate about that. And then I do my own stuff as well when I have time, but honestly my own stuff has been kind of like backburnered a little bit this last while. So I'm in a season, like I said, of a lot kind of, of pieces, um, great pieces that I love. And we are writing right now for an album. So I'm trying to like squeeze in, an hour of songwriting or a, um, a co-write with someone or like yeah. I'm planning a, in November, I'll probably do like a weekend writing with a few people um, and trying to just like be really intentional about it. And I think for me, one of the hardest, well, one of the easiest things to do is plan loosely like, oh, I'll write next week or I'll do that yeah. this weekend. But until I have it locked in, it's not real. So I'm, I'm really yeah. big on like, like kind of pushing to, to make it. That's why I love co-writes so much because you yeah. have to show up. Yeah. Um, and it happens, you know, so there's lots of, lots of good stuff, but, but that's where I'm at right now. It's just like fighting for the creativity. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well, I'm excited to get to the particulars of how you fight for that creativity. Uh, but first I want to go back in time and find, uh, like hear a little bit about where it all started for you. What was some of the first music that you heard or musical musical experiences that you had that that made you feel yeah this is for me songwriting making music this is this is something for me yeah um that's a fun question actually so I grew up in a household of music my parents were worship leaders and they even wrote songs and did their Mm -hmm. own thing back in the day and uh yeah. And then my dad's parents, um, they also did music and they would like still like only to the last couple of years, they would go to like old folks homes or like a music festival and do their thing. So um, my grandparents are really big on that. And so growing up when we would have any family um, gathering of any kind, like Thanksgiving just happened here in Canada. So we would have been back and my grandpa would have made everybody grab an instrument if they played one or they had to sing or if they couldn't do either of those things, they had to get two spoons out of the drawer and play the spoons on their lap. <laughs> Not even lying. So it was very country bumpkin of us, but we, we did that every single family gathering. Um, and to be honest, I, I kind of hated it. I would avoid it. I did. Yeah. I, I kind of fought it. It's um, the music aspect of my life for some reason or another was kind of one that I always kept at arm's length. Huh. And, um, one of my greatest fears as a kid was that my parents were going to make us become one of those traveling yeah. family bands. Uh-huh. That was my greatest fear. They're going to get a bus and we are going to live on it and we're uh-huh. going to go traveling everywhere. So I had yeah. started learning drums and then I just kind of caught wind of like, man, what if we took this on the road or something? I don't know yeah. if it was even real, but if I just thought of it and yeah. I immediately stopped playing drums. <laughs> Cause it was too high risk. You were like, oh, yeah, no. it's too high risk. <laughs> I wish I didn't cause I would use it now, but I, no I did. So. Yeah. But at that time you, you weren't into it. You didn't want that to be a big part of your life. No, nah, it just wasn't a, a big focus. But then uh, later when I was about 14, a lot of my friends were really into music and yeah. I had enough of a music background that I could kind of um, jump in a little bit. And so then I was like, well, I want to take lessons. So I started taking piano lessons And then I started learning guitar and then I started singing and I was really afraid of singing. That was my greatest fear was singing actually. Um, Probably singing and then like public speaking, but I would have chosen public speaking every time of singing. Um, But uh, yeah, that anyway, so I started doing it and I would just be so scared and I would be like honestly shaking and, and like, you know, like when you're so nervous that you almost borderline black out for the experience and then you come back to after and you're like, well, I know I did it, but I don't know how it went. <laughs> so I had a lot of that kind of experience when I was younger. Um, okay. But mostly it started in church. Yeah. So, you know, now singing, playing keys, like leading up. 
Well, this has been a strange episode. Those of you who are listening at home so far, it has probably sounded normal. But for Braden and I, the few seconds ago that you were listening to was a few weeks ago for us. Um, while we were recording, uh, that tornado that I was telling you about just kept hitting parts of my week and my internet started cutting out. And so then our recording wasn't working. So then we, uh, rescheduled, but Braden, you got into a fender bender. I did. Yeah. I hit some ice. My brakes actually malfunctioned. They didn't even work. Um, all of them. And so I went sliding into a pole in a traffic circle and it was a fun day that day. Oh my gosh. And are you okay? Totally. Yeah. I'm totally fine. Cool. I'm grateful for that. So then we had to reschedule again. And now finally this week in between like all the different pieces, we found one time (laughs) that worked for both of us. Um, I was thinking through the title of the the podcast and I was like, this is the hardest episode to put to bed ever. (laughs) (laughs) but we're back the jury's not out yet we haven't finished this so we'll see (laughs) oh my gosh truer words okay well fingers crossed and prayers offered (laughs) Braden, i think the last thing that you said was um that singing terrified you and that uh you would take public speaking over singing any day even though that terrified you as well yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I, yeah, I can't exactly remember our last little bits there, but yeah. basically I was so scared of singing. It was my, it was my greatest fear yeah. and public speaking. I was really scared too. You know, when you go like to that blank zone where you're so nervous that you're not even like really sure what you're saying yeah. anymore, but you kind of do anyway. So that's where I would get with both singing and speaking, but speaking slightly less than singing. Yeah. Um, and I got over it just by, kind of forcing myself. I had that inner feeling of like, I'm supposed to like, I, I know I'm made for this. Yeah. Um, and it was that, that kind of one over time. So I would just do it. And sometimes a lot of the time fail and do it and fail and yeah. get better though. And, and it was good for me. Well, and that's what I was going to ask. What uh, motivated you to push through the fear? And it was that sense of like, you're meant for this. It's in your bones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. It was something I'd kind of fought for a long time. It's like, this isn't really what I do or who I am. And then um, I yet at the same time, it felt like I was always pushing against something that like, like a piece of my identity almost. Mm. And so it's like I was fighting against that. And over time, it's just been that um, awareness to be like, yeah, I, that is who I am. What am I doing? You know, and just like kind of surrendering to yourself in a way um, and surrendering to the I guess the version of yourself that's like, I guess the truest. Mm. Um, So yeah, so it won. (laughs) How about the aspect of songwriting um, and creating, producing, um, Mm. so that you have things that you've made and knit together to perform? How did that get into your whole world? Yeah, that's interesting. So I, it started... um, for me, it started a lot of spontaneously just singing. Like I'd be downstairs in my basement at my parents' house. And I'd be like 15. And um, I just, I was learning piano and I would like play some chords, like find a progression and just play it over and over. And I actually would like sing out of my Bible a lot. Um, mm. I would just like find scripture that was like, like meaningful to me. And I would just kind of reframe it and rephrase it and sing it in like kind of loops, just finding, um, almost making it a prayer, um, yeah. And also just kind of finding things, like finding melodies and, and trying things. So I'd never done any of that before. No one was like pushing me to or anything. Um, so yeah, it kind of started that way. And then I tried one of the songs that I made through doing that at my church mm-hmm. uh, in the, like the youth group kind of thing. And, yeah. and they were super encouraging about it. So that kind of encouraged me to do more. And um, I, as far as songwriting went, I, I kind of, I was really comfy in this like, um, kind of spontaneously creating things zone or like just a lot of ad-libbing. And so like, I, I had a lot of fun with that, but as far as putting like pen to paper for songs that took a while to kind of kick into, mm. um, it felt like, I don't know, it felt dif- like distant, like not something, I, it's something I wanted to do, but didn't really think I could do very well. Um, but I, I started doing it and um, it, it helped when I had a goal. So I, this one time, 
Um, this is like something actually a lot of people don't know. So there's two yeah. pieces to this. So one, I was part of this, um, I wasn't really even part of it. I just was around these people who were raising money for a human trafficking organization. And they, I did a lot of humanitarian work in that area mm-hmm. and I was really excited about what they were doing. Um, What's the organization? And so I had this idea. Um, I actually, uh, it's called She Has a Name based out of Red Deer. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, and they, yeah. they do a lot of like playwrights now and a lot of um, like screenplay videos even and books. Um, the guy, Andrew Kuman is an author who writes a lot. Um, and, and so they have like a lot of different pieces to it. Anywho, so I was like, I wanted to raise money for them. And little did I know that you make no money when no one knows about you. So <laughs> this was not advantageous for anyone's uh-huh. financials. But, uh-huh. um, but I wanted, so I wrote this song and I wanted the, I wanted the proceeds to go to them. And, um, but anyway, so when I did this, I sent this off to someone. Um, and that was one of the first real songs I had written. Mm-hmm. That was like, you know, all the way through. You, and you even put like music to it and everything. So that was one of my first experiences. And... And then when it got mixed, the guy who was mixing it was down in Nashville. And it was almost like that classic, like that cliche where the guy's like, you know, kid, I think you've got something special. You should come down here and I'll record an album and we're going to make something out of you. Yeah. And so it wasn't like that, but pretty much was. Okay. And so I was like, let's do it. And uh, so I did. I went down there and I recorded um, an EP with this guy. And it was actually super cool. It was in like Dolly Parton's studio. Oh, and neat. like, it was like where Miley Cyrus and like all of these like names yeah. that were there at the time were like around. So I was yeah. like, this is actually wild. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like, you know, like serendipitous and also like yeah. destiny. And totally. so anyways, I was, I was in a place though, uh, internally I was in a place where I was like, conflicted of what I thought like my place was in the church and I was having I was having a hard time I just I'd worked at a church and I kind of burnt out and so I I was at this point where I was like I I love God I know that much but I don't know if I want to be doing like just Christian music so I was in a place of writing just like songs of what I was feeling and what I was going through and it was really good like um processing for me Mm -hmm. um and so I did a whole album down there with them. And then I've really, I, I had this gut feeling of like, well, what do you want to be known for? At the end of the day, when everything is like, um, everything's done, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be known for? And, and for me, that came down to, I want to be known as a worshiper and somebody who, mm-hmm. um, who really set his life towards um, making um, the name of Jesus known, um, for me. And I don't, I know this isn't particularly a religious podcast, so I am being a little over the top right now, but for me, that's what it came down to. Um, and so I, yeah, so I decided, um, and I had like label interest and, and all of these things going on and I just, I canned it and I, I basically pressed delete and I went into a real season of, of kind of nothing. Um, I I went back, um, I went back to like an in-between spot of living with my parents. I was about like 20, I think at this time. Yeah. And, uh, I decided I took a few months where I didn't need to work too much cause I didn't need a lot of money. And I decided that I was going to finish every song that I had ever written or ever started. And I was going to write and like just carve out so much time for writing mm-hmm. and really just make that my discipline. Mm-hmm. So I went through it. Yeah. Three months uh, and I finished every song that I had started up to that point. So, and by the end of it, I had like, I don't know, I actually, I don't want to guess too high, but over 50 for sure, but probably yeah. closer to a hundred songs. Um, and I had this mentality and I don't know if where I got it from and, but I'm sure it's true that it would take a hundred bad songs before I'd write a good one. Yeah. And so I just really wanted to get the bad songs out of the way. And that was, that sounds very functional and it kind of felt functional, yeah. but it also like, I, there's things that I like melodies and, and things that I've taken back now and I, I'm going to reuse for things, but, totally. but it really was that it was like putting in the work for your craft. Yeah. Um, and, and choosing to be, uh, um, I guess responsible and diligent with, with something that mattered to me. Yeah, um, and so, yeah, so then from there it just went different places and, and, uh, different doors have opened over time and still are opening. I feel like I'm still in the, you know, the infant stages of a lot of things. And, mm-hmm. and yet I, I'm really excited about the opportunities that are coming up right now. So anyways, long yeah. answer. That is how that grew. No, that's so, great. Yeah. I love that. Well, and you also said that, um, I think you mentioned that you were recently in a co-write, uh, a co-writing, um, appointment with someone. 
Is that right? Yeah. Till last night I had two. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, do you find that, um, that same practice when you were 20 of like, get through a lot of songs in order to find the ones you love the most that work the best, um, mm. is holding true now? Or do you find yeah, that la- more often w- ones will work more quickly than the ones that you throw away? Yeah. I, I think now like, could, yeah, at the beginning you do write a lot of bad songs or like a lot of songs that are like immature maybe, or you're not thinking through things like language or, um, the way that melodies work for people's interpretations and things like that. Um, so there's a, there's a learning process there. I think now, um, I'm at a point where it's like, I can usually like write a decent song or maybe even a good song, but then you really want that great song. You really want like, well, what's the difference between a good song and a great song? Like half the time, it's like 5% more work. Um, and coming back to it and really not, not being okay with parts, Mm -hmm. but like my method now is like, I want to be so excited to sing the next part every single time the song moves on. So I'm like singing the verse. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to sing this chorus. And I sing the chorus. I'm like, I can't wait to sing this bridge and I can't wait to get back to the chorus. And so I I, want to be excited about it and I want to be looking forward to the next line. And, um, yeah, so I feel like now maybe less bad songs per se, but um, not every song gets airtime and that's totally fine. And and choosing to look at songs maybe less now out of that like good or bad lens and more out of like the, um, "Ah, is this right for this environment? Is this right for this group? Um, Maybe this song needs time. Maybe I need to revamp something and just leaving them on the workshelf until like basically in my mind, if they're not recorded, you can still do whatever you want to it. So, so yeah. So keeping them on the shelf um, until the right time comes along. So it kind of changed my perspective now. Um, I hope I'm not writing a bunch of bad songs, but (laughs) not all of them are good though. So fair enough. Yeah. I hear that. And you're comfortable Um, co-writing. Yeah. Do you prefer it? Lately, yes, because, um, yeah, I like the fact that when a co-write is on, I'm going to show up to that time and someone else is going to show up to that time. And if I don't show up, then I sh- I'm, I'm a, yeah. like, what was I doing? That's, you can't do that to people. So it's like really helpful for me that there's an accountability to yeah. songwriting this way. Yeah. So I actually really like it. And now I, I get to be like choosy with who I write, um, mm. write with. Um, but I do like to be challenged. So I'm pretty open. Um, but I like, I, I'm finding there are people that really pull melodies differently. And I love like a lyric. So yeah. there's someone I wrote with last night who like the guy comes up with these melodies and I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. And I just want to find words that are good enough for that. And so yeah. you find these collabs that um, work really well. And then you find people where it can be hard is when they have the exact same, same strength as you. Yeah. Um, and so you feel like you're just like, nitpicking or you're like spinning your tires a lot and then you know you fi- you can just find different things so I I really love a co-write because I love a challenge and I love that it can pull things out of me that I'm not even seeing or thinking yeah. um it just yeah the expansion is so beautiful I love community in that sense yeah within reason within can't get reason. too big it gets too crazy no. three people then I'm done. <laughs> hey, that's what I was going to ask. You meant too big. Like, uh, and three is kind of the max. That's where you find the magic is like, I, that's for me. Like, yeah, the more, more than that. And I'm like, I'm kind of personally, I'm, I'm kind of like withdrawing now. Cause it's mm-hmm. now as like my introverted self, I'm like, I'm either, I, yeah, it just switches the mode for me. So I, I tend to fully withdraw and then I'll come in with ideas, but I feel like disconnected. So I, I prefer a smaller group. One, like two people is ideal. Three people is fun. Um, past that, I'm like, oh, we'll try it. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm interested in digging into the actual particulars of what happens in those sessions. Um, and I'm curious about like both when you're solo writing and then when you're writing with other people. So let's start with solo writing. When you go into a mm. time that you've set it aside and you're going to work on a song, whether you're starting fresh or you're starting, uh, or you're continuing on with something that's been on the shelf. When you go mm-hmm. into the time, what do you start with and where do you go from there? Yeah, okay. Um, so hopefully while I'm in, like during my week, like maybe while I'm in the shower or I'm on a drive, a melody or something will have kicked up. 
um, yeah. that I just happen to, you know, quickly do a voice note of or write a little note in my phone. Yeah, so you gather. So that I have stuff. something. Yeah, always. Like if if something or like a cool melody like kicks into my head, I'll, I'll usually always do a quick audio note, and then those are my like little pieces to pull from when I go into a write um, personally. So I'll like sit there, and then I'll usually I'll almost always sit at my piano because I like to write on the piano a lot, and uh, I'll sit there and I'll start looking for like something that could complement either the melody or the lyric that I have. And um, it'll be very introspective, very, um, very feely. Sometimes also too, if like I have a melody, then I'll actually just sit on my step outside and I'll start mm. lyric, like writing lyrics. Like um, there are some songs that I have with Tehila Worship that I wrote a majority of sitting on my, on my porch with no instrument. Um, just cause I could think in, the cold air was like really clearing my mind. Um, and it made me feel like, um, I guess just out of my head uh, a little yeah, bit, but so in, in the right ways. So yeah, yeah but I'll um, mostly just do that and, and work on little things and see what comes. And it often comes quite slow, but once yeah. in a while, like I've written a song in like 20 minutes and, and then it ends up getting used for something and you're like, are we sure the quality is as good? Because it didn't take very long, but it's just every song has a different yeah. journey, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so then when you're going into a session with someone else, are you similarly bringing concepts, things that you've been gathering over time, and then you bring it and show it and say, hey, what do you think of this? Or what does it look like? Yeah, it can look like that for sure. Um, like last night, for example, I really didn't um, have anything for the first mm. uh, co-write I did. Um, and so I, I just said, do you have anything? And then he said, well, I have this little melody that I'm liking. And so we wrote on that. And then in the second one, I thought I didn't have anything. And then something just reminded me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have this one like verse that I'm really excited about. Let's use that. Yeah. And so then, so then that one, I contributed what we we're starting from. Um, so it can be either one. Um, and then a lot of the time with co-writes, this is kind of just getting into the nitty gritty, but yep. like I yep. really love the for me, it's the connection. So like, mm. I really want to feel like we're friends. I really want to feel like I see where you're at. And then we can like, the more I can kind of know of you, the more I can also, and the more you know of me, the more we can kind of see each other inside of it. Yeah. Um, so like last night, um, like the, the one guy that I wrote with, um, he lives in Oklahoma and he, he and I, we wrote once randomly, he just messaged me on Instagram and was like, Hey, do you want to write together? And I was like, I didn't know who he was and I didn't know anything he had done, but I was in this challenge personally where I was like, I need to write. So I'm going to say yes to anything that comes. And then yeah. that came. And so I was like, let's do it. Yeah. And turns out now I just love this guy where we work so well together. Um, but we always spend like the first half hour just talking and like where yeah. we're at or what's going on in our lives or our weeks. And then there's like some, some like, material that we already have even then to yeah. like kind of catch you know where the where the songwriting could lead for that week um yeah so so yeah so the connection for me is really big I love that um and I love seeing people through their seasons or their their time of life inside of what they're creating too so it's really special totally well and that whole uh, practice of you know spending time talking and connecting o over that is like grounding yourselves not only in that space but then in the context of the connection and in the context of the lives that you're living and then everything that you're making is going to be uh, ideally uh, more connected to all of that and more at home in those contexts and nourished by all of that life that you've been yeah. living and nourished by that um, friendship that care that connection that you've got there uh, it's not a matter of just craft, just finding the right formula that puts together something that's excellent. It's, um, it's nourished in a different way. I, I really like yeah. what you're describing. Yeah. I like, I like how you're saying that it, it's, it's exactly true. Um, I think the more, the more you can connect, the more genuine you can communicate and the more vulnerable you'll be with your ideas as well. Yeah. And when you're coming at it for a formula of like, well, this works, you know, like whether it's whatever type of music it is, there's a formula for every single part. And yeah. it's like, you can, it's good to know those and yeah. like reference that and even start with those templates and then make choices that get outside of that as well. And then yeah. at least it's an intentional choice. It's on purpose. Yeah. 
Um, and, but yeah, both of you kind of have to be on that page of like, um, you know, like I know what, I, like I'm, cho- I'm choosing to be out of the box on this. Like, are you able to be with me on that? And they're yeah. like, no, get back in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're rubbing those things and, and you're, you're trying to see what's going to stick. And, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Have you ever gone into a co-write that just ended up not working? Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. How, how did that go? <laughs> Uh, well, it was one that was the one that comes to mind. There's been a, more than one, okay. but um, the one that comes to mind was just too big. There were just too many mm. people for me personally, to yeah. my preference, because yeah. other people like they love a group. They're here just yeah. throwing things out and like it's, it's a probably a personality thing. Yeah. Um, but it was a party I wanted uninvited to yeah, as yeah, fast yeah. as possible. <laughs> yeah, so, that makes but sense. what happened is it got so like it was so big and there's so many ideas and things getting thrown around that I fully just was overwhelmed and I just withdrew into myself. And so while they're like, and I have someone just like right here, just singing literally into my ear, his ideas. And I'm like, please stop singing out loud. Like do something in your mind. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) so I'm just in like SOS. Like this is, I have a half an hour still in this room. And uh, I was like fully withdrawn. And then, so I just started humming a melody in my mind that was absolutely different than the melody that was out here because it's the only way I could think. So then I ended up internally, and this one was weird, but I ended up writing like a whole chorus and a verse by trying not to hear the melody and the stuff that was going on around here because it was just too chaotic for me. And so then when there was like 15 minutes left, I was like, well, I have this idea, but it's a little different than what um, we've been working on. I, I could show it to you guys if you want. And they're like, oh, sure. So then I threw it out and they're like, wow, this is amazing. How did you come up with that? I was like, kind of by fully leaving <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. So that one was a really tough one. Uh, no ki- that's not your ideal. So lesson learned on my part. Yeah, I hear that. And yet, like I'm hearing you describe a both end because it was yeah. a horrible experience that you didn't enjoy. And something good came out of it some some yes music that you liked so yeah it was shocking <laughs> yeah interesting so did you do anything with that or does it uh, that one that one is shelved it, it, it was um a, a group right um mm. for for just for a church yeah. so it, it was like i just kind of left it there oh, okay um, yeah but it's one definitely can come back to and, and could work yeah. on again honestly though i have not thought about that song until this very moment so i think i yeah. i kind of set that one far back on the shelf <laughs> totally it had too many ties that you were like oh i can't think about this <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and you may not then get excited about singing the next part because then you're just gonna have flashbacks and dissociate <laughs> yeah the ptsd was too strong for this one <laughs> yeah oh interesting so no, that's fun. at present, what kind of challenges are you seeking out? What kind of growth are you, or maybe, maybe you're, um, in, happily enjoying something that it just, just exists and you're not necessarily like reaching for growth. Is there something that you are reaching for growth in, or is there something in your songwriting that you're just savoring and enjoying and practicing right now? Yeah, I think that, yes, uh, I, there's a lot that I'm reaching for right now. Yeah. Um, I think always, I, am kind of one of those people who is never satisfied with where I'm at. I'm always kind of like, I'm very future oriented. So yeah. I'm always like, Oh, what about this? And so as soon as something's finished, I'm already like over here, like, you know, just working on that. So, yeah. um, so yeah. So right now, one of the things I am, I'm wanting to allow music to just be natural and beautiful for me and an act mm. of processing and, mm. um, and prayer or meditation, you know? I want that. So I'm letting it, I'm trying to leave space for that where I'm writing just to write and just to enjoy. Yeah. And then also right now I'm really challenged, um, because of the, the project I'm with, with Tehillah worship. Um, there's just a lot of opportunities that have been opening up through that, um, Mm. through that area. Um, and, and really great ones. And so one of the things that I'm challenged by is, um, well, actually it's twofold. Like one is like, how could I, how can I grow in our community and grow what we're doing specifically? But then who's challenging me is the second one. Like, mm. who am I writing with? That's better than me where I, I want to mm. be like, and I'm not saying that I'm not 
I am better or not better than anyone around me. But like, it's like, I need people who are like, like they're ahead of me on the journey and I want to see how they process things. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to like, cause I love to write with my friends and I love writing with people, um, that are part of my church in different areas or people I meet, but I'm like, how fun is it also to be like the, you know, the youngest person in the room, so to speak, um, air quotes where you're the, you know, you're the kid, you're the one who's like, Oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. Oh, that's a good idea. And you're, you know, you're picking up everything they're putting down. Um, so that's an area right now where I'm like, I just, I want to be growing. I don't want to be capped. And I feel like, you know, my, one of my goals now is I just, I really want to write songs, um, that, that give other people language that I don't even have to sing, um, that, that puts somebody else's, you know, their, their thoughts or their prayers or their whatever into, you know, a picture for them and, and be able to like give them this language. Um, so lots of challenges. I feel lots of challenges and I, I just, I'm so not prepared to, to roll back into, you know, kind of the, the monotony of like, Oh, I just wrote something. It's fine. I guess like I, I, how am I being challenged? That's my, that's what I'm pushing right now is what could I be challenged with? And, and, and who's around that could challenge me too. I love that. That's exciting. That's really great. I want to return to this thing that you've touched on in terms of like writing for specific purposes, writing Mm. for, what a piece can do. Uh, and like you're talking about, um, offering language to someone for a particular experience, like in your church Mm. setting, then it's for people's prayer and for their worship. Um, this whole, this whole idea of, um, different purposes, whether or not it's, um, for making an album, creating a tour, um, uh, like expressing, like creating, doing storytelling, um, offering something that like shows an artist's uh, self and then gives people, um, you know, these musical touchstones that give uh, some kind of cathartic way to experience their own lives through. Like there's so much pop music. There's so much indie and rock. Like uh, uh, I can think of Reliant K's mm-hmm album, oh, yeah. which was like such a cathartic thing for me as a teenager. I think of Taylor Swift now. Um, mm-hmm. I've got tons of friends who, for for them, she's a touchstone. She like they describe totally. her music as kind of a yearbook that shows the different uh, times of their lives. Mm-hmm. And then like thinking about who the music is for. Uh, how did that uh, get into your process? How did you start thinking about that? And then what do you think of differently or what do you think of specifically as you calibrate your writing for different purposes? Hmm. Yeah, I think I like knowing, I've always liked knowing how people like tick, like what makes them them. And, And I always see like the more I get to know someone it just feels like a gift to me. I love that. And so like I'm in counseling as my degree, like I love people. So, and I love understanding them. Um, and so that's always just been true. That's just, I think Mm. part of my personality is that Mm -hmm. I'm just interested. And so with music, it's this way of, of anticipating someone and knowing someone, um, in theory, um, where it's like, well, what would they think? What would they say? And maybe you could ask them, maybe you can't. It depends on, or like maybe it's a group of people. Um, but like getting yourself into that zone and thinking about how somebody else is um, experiencing life um, is just such a fun practice. Mm-hmm. And I've always just liked it. So I've tried it a few times. I remember trying it just randomly. No one asked me to. I was just like, hmm, I wonder what if I was to write like how this person would uh, experience. And, and so I still really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of juice in that area that I haven't uh, tapped into yet, but I've, I've been actually seeking that out um, of writing, like, especially to even of writing like outside of the church and with people um, who are writing for like pop and folk projects and things like that. Like, I really want to let my, my imagination kind of run and, and see what kind of a story we could tell yeah. um, and like create, create people who are having these thoughts and then they're the thoughts that somebody else is going to identify with. So you're thinking of two people sort so to speak. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm really excited to try it. I haven't done a ton of it. I have done some of it. And when I write for the church specifically, then I'm thinking of, um, 
currently at my church, uh, First Assembly, I'm like, what are they going to, uh, what, what's the language that our church wants and needs right now? Um, or what's the language I think that we need? Hmm. Um, and what would people, you know, like what would move them with a melody um, and, you know, uh, different things yeah. like that. So, so I'm, I'm kind of anticipating that. And for some people that can be a, like a burden or a trap mm-hmm. to like try to like, it's like you're almost trying to appease something or you're, right. you're trying to do what this thing wants, like the, you know, this, yep. this group or this person. But I find it quite empowering um, from where I write from because I'm not writing for them to, so that they say like, oh, you're so great. I, I like that guy. I don't care about that. I'm more like, oh, what is the language that we need? What would actually like help someone connect with that? Because I think it's so meaningful. Yeah. And um, how could I personally, just as somebody who attends this church, bless this church to have like this, this gift, you know, of, yeah. of song. Um, so for me, I find it just super encouraging and, and empowering. So not uh, not bad at all. Totally. Um, but other people might find that really constricting, and I get that too. Absolutely. Like I, I've heard people talk about that kind of thing, uh, imprisoning their freedom and and like stifling their authenticity. But what I hear you saying is that like rather than um, being constricted by someone's uh uh what they're prescribing or being motivated by people pleasing you're being led in a purpose focused kind of way and like the 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 limitations are are less of a prison and they're more of a a definition of like look here's the shared purpose that aligns with your authenticity and which is like where you can get so much passion being in a particular place that you believe in you've Mm -hmm. got this um this definition of purpose and you're able to then like run on those tracks and like build more tracks so that other people can keep running along this whole purpose uh journey Uh, does that resonate absolutely yeah yeah and i think there's also a trust factor too that like everyone, uh, this is going to sound kind of mean, but everyone <laughs> thinks that their idea is the best one oh. and <laughs> that like the other group or the other person is stifling their creativity or, you know, whatever the thing is. And for me, I'm like, okay, sure, maybe they are. Um, but you don't have to do that. You don't have yeah. to do any of the things that we're talking about right now. So like, why are you so upset? Yeah. <laughs> number one. Um, but number two, it's like, or what I have the opportunity to get more creative. Cause like there is this thing that I'm trying to communicate. Cause I'm very yeah. like message driven, uh-huh. um, or, or theme driven or whatever. And so like, there's this thing I'm trying to say, this story I'm trying to tell. Um, it just means I have to get better at being able to like create the story to come out in a way that's palatable enough that people want to hear it. And yet I can pepper in some things uh, that are a little bit like, Oh, make you, your head go back a tiny bit, but then it's still palatable enough that you're still engaged. So it's like, it's, it's forcing you in a way to get better at the craft so that you can express something mm-hmm. in a more creative way that might seem like you're, you know, almost having to be less creative, but the, the work to do that is harder. And a lot of the time people, I think are looking at this as stifling when they could be looking at this as opportunity. Um, and again, you don't like, that shouldn't be your only thing anyways. So like if you're so frustrated with this one thing, it's like, well, why is that your only avenue for your creative process? Find more avenues, create an avenue. Yeah. Um, enjoy the thing that you do because otherwise why are you doing it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. So yeah, so I, I really love um, being challenged and then um, also, yeah, if, if I really don't like it, I will happily walk yeah. to something else. <laughs> that makes sense. No problem. Sorry, I got on a soapbox there and someone needed to pull me down. <laughs> you know what? And you know, you successfully pulled yourself down uh, just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. I'm interested. Um, are you listening to or reading anything these days that is, uh, you know, kind of like people who are going to open up your vistas and show more of what's possible and where you could go? Are you listening to and reading anything that is challenging you and showing you new directions? Mm. Um, I'm not listening to very much right now. Um, I mm-hmm. Actually, when I'm in a writing phase, like if I'm in a stronger writing season, mm-hmm. I almost don't listen to any music at all. Yeah. Um, Tell me about that. It's... 
Uh, it partly is because then I'll be thinking about melodies or things and I'll end yeah. up writing like what I'm listening to. Yeah. So what I find is if I stay zoomed out um, away from that, it lets me write whatever comes more naturally to me. Yeah. And I'm not just like pulling at whatever's like happening. I'm, I'm pulling at whatever's in me right now. Yeah. And then because the, the way that music works is you can write a whole song in a certain way, but then when you put music and, and production, you can go fully different direction. So for me, it's not helpful to be listening to certain types of music and then try, because I'll try to write that way rather than yeah. just trying to write and then putting it into that spot that it could fit more naturally. So, yeah. so I don't listen to a lot. Um, I'm inspired a lot. So I'm reading a lot. I read a lot right now for school, obviously. So there's a lot yeah. of um, like uh, counseling and psychology material that's coming through my, um, my windows. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of, um, mm. a lot of, of biblical studies and, and history that's coming through as well from other things like my last degree that I was that I was working in yes. was primarily biblical studies and, and pastoral care um, so so I'm always reading um, but I want to I, I want to be inspired um, and so I'll I'll sit on things for a long time hmm. um, and, and for me the place that I'm the most inspired will be in conversation like it'll just be someone says something and I hear it and I write it in my phone really quick and I'm yeah. like I have to expand that. That's yeah. so beautiful. Right. That happens all the time. Um, and and recently that's been my primary. Absolutely. It sounds a lot like the connection uh, basis that you were talking about in a co-write. So True, it's, yeah. It's that communal uh, thing for you, as long as it's yeah. a small community. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like small yeah, units exactly. of your community. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, it, it, it really is like... Um, a birthed out of those and, and birthed out of, for me, a lot of my prayer and a lot of where my, my focus is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always, yeah. What am I meditating on? What's, what's rolling around in here and, yeah. and what's important in that moment. So yeah, That's cool. but yeah, I'm unfortunately not like a ton of, um, specific material or anything, but I do love fiction for that reason. Fiction really gets me there. Um, more than just like facts. Yes. So. What are some of your favorite fiction, uh, works that you've read? Recently, um, well, recently I've been going back through old classics like Robin Hood and things oh, like yeah. that. I, I love that. Um, but uh, a guy that I really love is Paolo Coelho. Um, he, he writes a lot of fiction um, with like a spirituality to it. So yeah. A lot of it has either a spirituality or a morality to it that really makes you wrestle with something. Yep. And he presents them in such unique ways. Um, so I've read most of his, his books, actually. And I just really enjoy anyone who can paint me into a world um and like i'm you know like right there along for the adventure or like you know like lord of the rings harry potter yes things like that yes like i, I, I love that totally yeah create a world throw me into it uh, same here i'm like put that into a bag and pump it into my veins i will take all of that <laughs> <laughs> i literally like if Next to me, I've got this uh, brand new copy of The Princess and the Goblin by George MacDonald that just came in the mail today. I'm so excited to reread it. Oh, um, that's exciting. I've never read that book. Oh, 10 out of 10 recommend. Like, it's, Whoa, from, okay. it's from the late 1800s, so it's, um, if, if, you, um, if you like the type of stuff that um, J.R.R. Tolkien and um, C.S. Lewis were writing, like, MacDonald is one of their inspirations. And so... Oh. Kind, he was kind of like... Uh, you know, innovating on storytelling and and really like laid some groundwork for what they ended up doing with their fairy stories oh, and their myth, uh, myths that they made. Yeah, I love that. Oh, oh yeah. I'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah, definitely. Braden, so it's kind of wild how fast time goes. I've taken so much yeah. of your time. I need to let you go soon, but I have two questions left for you. Uh, okay. The first one is, what do you love about living? a creative artistic life? Uh, the paycheck, number one. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> what paycheck? No, I'm totally yeah. joking. Um, what do I love about living? I, I again, I love the connection. Um, uh, that's probably going to be the takeaway from this whole time yeah. together. But I do love the way that it connects. Like art in every capacity has the ability to connect one person who gets to make it or a, a group of people who get to make it with every observer and every participator especially yeah. with music there's like a participation involved uh, same yeah. with storytelling really like you're getting into the story um yeah 
but I love that connection and, and that connection too to something that's greater than you, something that's, that's, that's more than just you. Like, like I'll hear people like recently I heard like a group of, uh, like a larger church singing one of my songs and I'm just like sitting back and like, no one, most of them don't know that I wrote it yeah. and someone else is singing it, but there's this connection to something so beautiful where it's like, Oh, that language for them, it did something that's, I'm just crying at that point every yeah. time. Um, just, you know, anyways, totally. It's, it's good. So that, that, that's what I love about it. I love that. That's a great answer. Um, and then the other question is what is giving you life these days? What's something that you're either, um, doing or reading or watching or, or that is nourishing your artistic soul? Um, for me, forever, it'll always be this answer is me out in nature, oh, yeah. um, unplugged and whether it's just a walk or, um, a hike. I do a, like this, <laughs> this summer I did a lot of hiking. It's yeah. like, but that, that was me trying to rest. You know how sometimes you're chasing rest and you're, uh -huh. you just yeah. can't quite get it. Uh -huh. Um, so that's what that was. But for me though, like being outside in nature, even sometimes just sitting on my back step, um, and just like, you know, sitting out in the cold and, and feeling, feeling like a different temperature on my skin Yeah, that, that helps me a lot. But I, I do a, I do a, like a, I try to do a quiet walk all the time. Um, and especially cause I have dogs, so it makes it easy cause I have to, um, but, but like a detached nature walk where I'm not on my phone and I'm not talking to someone and I'm not thinking about yeah. something that is happening right away. I'm just there. That, that's it. That's great. It's again, grounding in the moment, connecting to the context where you are. Yes, so exactly. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Braden. Thank you all for listening today. This has been uh, such a, it's taken a long time to make this episode, <laughs> but it's been well worth it. Um, if you like this episode, please share it with anyone uh, that you think may also like it. Um, you can uh, subscribe and leave us a, a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And that helps people like you find a podcast that uh, they may like. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Timothy Lenko and at Timothy Lenko music. Braden, where can people find you and follow your work? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram if you want at Braden David music. Um, and then really most of my stuff right now is coming through to worship. So I just yeah. recommend uh, looking up to worship and following that way. Great. And I'll throw all of that in the, um, the episode notes so that you can easily find it. Sounds Thanks great. again, Braden. This was a great time. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Excellent. Yeah, so did I. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>